0: Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. Well, my name is Chris. I'm a pastor on staff here. I'm so excited to be bringing the last word uh, for 2017. So go ahead and open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. If you didn't bring your Bible, we got you. Don't worry. We're going to have the scriptures on the screen for you. As you turn to Philippians chapter 3, I want to start off with a little story. Doesn't it usually seem like when you set a goal or you put your mind to something that everything just comes against it? It's like, I'm going to start a diet. I'm going to start, you know, getting physically healthy. But then you go to break room at work. There hasn't been free donuts in six years. Why does there have to? I feel like whenever I try to start a diet, bun cakes just appear out of nowhere. They fly out. Where'd that come from? You guys have a peppermint bun cake? that's amazing. Let's try just one bite. It's a really, really big bite. It's like the whole thing because I got to get it in. And I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever refused free pizza. There's got to be a place in the scriptures where it's a sin if you don't eat free pizza. I've sinned a lot of ways, but not in that way. I've always honored God in that way. And so i told this story before, but I think it bears, you know, saying again, is that a little over six, seven years ago, Laura and I started our, our physical health journey, and when I say we, I mean she, she started it, and I slowly started that journey with her, and one of the biggest reasons why we had a hard time, like, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is because, you know, in our residential area before we moved to uh, Danville, um, we were living in the North Bay in Benicia. Uh, first place where we got married, and it was like in this little residential area. You know, usually with fast food, they're all kind of in the same area, you know. When we're a deep, deep residential area, but right on the corner the street, it's a Taco Bell. I'm like, who puts a Taco Bell right there? It's like they want you to sin. It's like they want you to mess up. And so, you know, every okay, baby, we're going to do this. We're gonna do it on, We're going to start on Monday. Why is it always Monday? It's like Wednesday, and you know you need to start. You know, like eating healthy. Let's just start Monday. Something right about Monday. And so, you know, it's after, you know, after ministry, we're tired. It's like, you know, we've been doing pretty good. Like, you want to get a crunch wrap? Like, you want to get a five bean, seven bean, 20 bean burrito? Like, let's go, right? And so that was always right there. And that just was such a stumbling block. Maybe for some of us, right, where it's like, you know, we're going to save money. We're going to budget. But then that 150-inch TV comes out. For $150, dollars they are like, baby, please. $150 for $150 inch, that is amazing. There it goes. It's done. You missed your goal. Some of us are like, you know, I'm going to spend less time on social media. But you're like, you know what? My, friend, my friend's party's coming up, and I don't want to feel like I'm, like, ditching them. So I'm going to spend the whole day on my Instagram and make sure I don't miss anything, right? It's just those small little things that we just kind of... Give room to. I'm bringing this up because we're coming into a new year, right? And you guys know the cliche, new year, new, oh, okay, you guys don't really believe that. Okay, cool. This is going to be a great message. You guys are going to love it. New year, new me. Some of us, we get so, like, cliche. That's awesome. I love it. Some of us are a little cynical. New year, new me. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm not, I'm not not even going to let myself go there. What's interesting is that whether you make resolutions or not, um, 42% of Americans make New Year's resolutions, 42%, a little, little, almost close to half, and so I'm sure people are making resolutions, they have vision, they want to move things forward, I think the other 58, you can tell I'm a pastor, I'm like math in my head, I'm like 58%, um, you know, I can make resolutions whenever I want, okay. When's the last resolution you made? I don't know, but I can make one whenever I want. I don't have to do it on January 1st. And so the 42% of people who make resolutions, how many people actually follow through? Only 8%. 8%, right? And so, and I don't even think 8% is probably telling all the truth. Probably like 5%, okay? And so only 5%. And whether you state your resolutions or maybe you don't say them at all, I think all of us have stated or unstated resolutions. There's something in us that says something needs to change. Whether it's in my relationships, whether it's something in me, whether it's in my my marriage, just, just something needs to change. And that expression of a resolution is really what we're saying is, I need a new vision for my life. I need to see something break and change. And my friends, that's not something that comes from you. God's wired every single one of us to have vision for our lives. We were made to live with vision. Proverbs 29, 18 tells us that when there's no vision, that people cast off restraint. As in, when you don't have a big, bold vision, whether it's from Jesus or just from yourself, you're going to cast off restraint, you're going to walk aimlessly, and you're not going to have a purpose. But on the flip side, when you have, when you live with a vision that comes from God and there's purpose behind it, you're going to sacrifice, you're going to go all out, and you're going to give yourself to something bigger than yourself. God's called us to live with vision. So as we're coming into this new year, I'm preparing my message for you, but I'm also preparing it in me. God's preparing that word in me. So I'm asking myself this question, and I want you to be asking this question too am I coming into 2018 with vision? And and if I'm not, why not? Because that is God's design for us. Because when there's vision, there's excitement, there's energy, there's desire. That things were good in 2017, but they're gonna be greater. That God's a miracle worker, that just because he did great things in this year, he can do far greater than that. But am I gonna have vision for it? Am I gonna believe for those things? So I just started thinking and praying, why, why don't I have vision for 2018? Maybe you're thinking that way. How come I'm not? You know, when you think of an iceberg, what's interesting about an iceberg is that the, a nice transition, right? An iceberg, the first quarter of it is visible. You don't realize that underneath the surface, the water, three quarters of it is actually underneath the water. I think for a lot of us, when we think of either resolutions stated or unstated for 2017, the things in our lives that didn't happen, I think a lot of times we say to ourselves, gosh, I just wish I had more discipline. If I just disciplined myself, if I budgeted better, if I just, if I allotted my time better to spend time with Jesus, if I just spent more time in my marriage and investing, if I did the things that I knew I should have done, if I would have been more disciplined, then I would have vision for 2018. And that could be true for some of us. When I look at my life, yeah, I could, I could definitely be a little bit more disciplined in some areas. But I think if we're really, really being honest with ourselves before Jesus and just with our own heart, I think some of us know that even if we were to get more discipline, that wouldn't be the end all. I think a lot of times under our discipline, our lack of discipline, is our abundance of disappointment. We're just so disappointed because the things that should have happened or that we thought should have happened or the things that people told us would happen or even that we believe God said would happen last this year didn't happen. Our health is still horrible. We're, our marriages are still back and forth and it's hard. There's, there's addictions that we're still wrestling with. God hasn't given me a clear word on my job and I feel stuck I'm dealing with anxiety every single day, and yet God tells me that he's going to give me perfect peace, but I feel like I've been given perfect anxiety. (laughs) Wasn't meant to be a joke, but hey. (laughs) Hey, we'd rather laugh than cry, right? And so we feel this disappointment. Some of us, we know it, and we're not even, like, we're, we're conscious of it, but we just can't move away from it. Some of us, and I think this is more me this year, where I was so disappointed in some areas, I didn't even want to acknowledge it because then I'd have to deal with it. Yeah. It's like, ah, just it's going to be in denial. It's a lot easier. And if there was a little layer, I think there'd be discipline. Lack of discipline, there'd be disappointment. And I think denial would be right here. We're just in denial. I, just, I, I can't accept that reality because then I have to face what I'm really feeling inside of me. And you're not alone. I felt that way. I know some of us have felt this way in this room. So what do we do with our disappointment? Because if you're not disappointed now, you're going to be at some point because just part of life. You're not always going to hit the mark that you think that you should make. So we have a choice to make. We're either going to let disappointment defeat our will or we're going to allow God to give us a deeper dependence on his will. We can allow disappointment to defeat us and make us crawl in a cave and just escape and just, you know what, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to be stuck in denial. Or we can let the thing that God wants to do inside of us to create a deeper dependence on to him. And that even though you're going through a trial on the outside, God can give you freedom on the inside. What if we lived our lives in such a way where you could be going through the hardest and most difficult thing. But if someone were to look at your life, they wouldn't be able to tell. Because there's such an abundance of joy and peace and of life. And God's will is so much bigger than where he wants to take you. But really God's will is more so what he wants to do inside of you. Who he wants you to become. God cares about your character. God cares about who you're developing today and who you're going to be tomorrow. So we go through these trials so he can deepen our dependence on him. Some of you might be saying, I have been depending. Keep hanging on. Don't let go. Because you are a moment away from your breakthrough. Moment away. And I'm not baking that on my word. I'm baking that on his word. That he's faithful, that he's good, and he's going to break you through. But you got to keep hanging on. And this, and this is where it gets real for me. Because if we allow disappointment to defeat us, then we're going to come into our new year with resolutions, with goals, and maybe you know a little excitement. And we want to have a new year, but because we haven't dealt with our disappointment, we're just going to relive the same year over and over And over and some of us, that's what we're feeling right now, the disappointment. We've been reliving the same year over and over now for a decade. And it's like, well, how come things aren't changing? Because we haven't dealt with the disappointment. We haven't dealt with the denial. We haven't dealt with the things that have been keeping us in that pit. And God's saying, wake up. I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm gonna deepen something inside of you, but you gotta come out of your cave so I can bring you into your destiny. I've got to bring you into something that you can't do for yourself. You've got to trust me. Here's the thing. We can relive the same year over and over again, or we can ask God for a fresh word, for a fresh season. We can ask God for a new word, for a new season. And God doesn't just want you to have a better year. He wants you to have a transformed year. He wants you to have an, an amazing year that can only point to him. So that's what I want to talk to us today about. I, we believe today that God wants to give you a fresh word, a word for you for your 2018, that you can go in with momentum, with power, and faith to believe God for great things. Amen? Amen? So we're going to be going to Philippians chapter 3 right now, verse 12. And just to give some context, so the Apostle Paul, he wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He had a radical conversion where, in his words, he was the worst of all Christians. He was was the worst of all sinners, I should say. Worst of all sinners. Because he knew the depravity in his heart. But Jesus stopped him in his tracks. He repented of his sins, and he received a whole new life in Christ. So he gave his his life over to Christ. He's preaching the gospel. And Paul knows a little bit about being disappointed. Where things that should have went his way didn't go his way. You would think that if you're following God, hearing from Jesus, you're preaching the gospel, and people are being saved, your life would be amazing. It was amazing, but but he struggled. He suffered. And as he's writing this letter to the Philippians, he's actually in jail for his faith. And I can't even go any further than saying that sometimes we feel like there's something wrong because there's something hard. But when we follow Jesus, he didn't promise us safety But he did promise us security in him, that you're going to go through that trial, but he's going to be with us through that. So Paul is writing to them in the jail cell. And he's like, this is great. I've been meaning to write you guys. Thanks for putting me in prison. i got some time to encourage you, to strengthen you. Come on, Lord, bring it on. So he's writing in prison. And he's going through a a whole bunch of things. But we're at chapter 3. It's getting to the point where we're saying, you know, the people around you are teaching you that your faith depends on what you do, how how great you are following God. But listen, we don't put our faith in what we do; we put it in what Christ has done for us. Now, listen, some of you A types in here, Paul saying, "I'm more of an A type. I'm an A plus type. When you look at my resume, I'm the best of the best. I'm a superstar when it comes to the law. I'm perfect. You can't compare." you're like is he is he really saying that like he's right but that's kind of rude but this is what paul says is that and, and go back a couple verses verse uh, seven i once thought these things were valuable but now i consider them worthless because of what christ has done for me go to verse eight yes everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value Knowing Christ, my Lord. So Paul's saying that even though I'm in the worst situation right now, I'm disappointed. I feel the gap right now. This is an opportunity for me to know Christ. Some of our disappointment, because Paul's primary aim right now is that I'm going to know God at the fullest, deepest, most intimate level. Some of us, our biggest disappointment is because that wasn't our aim this year. We feel disappointed, we feel pain because we probably have put good things where only God can be. So Paul's saying we got to realign our hearts to his heart. we got to value what he values. we got to prioritize what is his priorities. And if we do that, it doesn't mean it's going to be easier, but it doesn't mean that we're going to have the right goal in mind. You're not going to have a greater or better vision in 2018 than to know Jesus. You're not going to have a better or greater investment than for you to move closer to God and to move closer to people. So, moving on to verse 12. This is what Paul is encouraging the Philippians. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. That's what most of us should say. Thank God, I haven't reached perfection. Paul's saying, I, I get it, here's the goal. The goal is that I'm going to know Christ, I'm going to follow him, I'm going to pursue him, but I haven't achieved this yet. I haven't reached perfection. The word perfection in Greek, it's pronounced teleo. And teleo is actually the word where it gives a target. And it means fulfilled, it means complete. It means to reach the goal. So Paul's saying, as, as I'm following Christ, I haven't achieved these things, and I haven't met the goal yet. So what Paul's saying is that I get the gap. When there's a gap in, what, in where you are and where you want to be, I get the gap. I'm in a gap. You're in a gap, and that's okay. God has a solution for the gap. So verse 13. But I press on. To possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So I see the gap and I press, I press, I press. That when I see the gap, I don't get discouraged, I don't get disappointed, but I use that as an opportunity to press into Christ. Your gap for 2018 is your greatest opportunity to know and to um, grow deeper in your relationship with God. You gotta see your gap that way. You might be saying to yourself, "I had so many shortcomings this last year." You got a lot of opportunity then. A lot of opportunity. Yeah. I'm not just saying. I I believe that. I, I I'm gonna tell a story later. But I, I listed some things this year. That didn't go well. <laughs> that didn't go. That really didn't go well. That's some opportunity there. Yeah. It hurt because I was writing it out. I know something. like when you write things out, and you see it. It feels more real. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of brought me out of denial, I think. I could write it out. Thank you for the therapy session, guys, for listening to me. But I'm writing these things out, and I'm like, wow, this is an, I I, I mourn, I had a couple tears. I'm like, God, you're going to use this. You're going to move in this. This is an opportunity not just for me to get to the goal of what I think should happen, but the goal to know Christ, to grow deeper and to know him more and to experience a new level of of intimacy with Christ. And I think most of us wouldn't disagree with that. I, I want to know God. I want to know God. I want to go deeper. I want to I go to a greater height. I want to go deeper into his love. I want to know everything. Why is there a disconnect? I think a lot of times, and we go back to the last verse, is that we stop pressing. We see the gap and we want to get there, but there isn't a press in our pursuit of God. And there's such a, this is such a great picture of Paul saying. What he's doing is, is he's thinking of a, of a, a Roman um, Olympic arena with a race. And that word press, it means to eagerly desire to obtain a goal. So when you're pressing, you're stressing, you're struggling, you're going after the goal. And that word possess, it's the strenuous activity that where another translation would say is to lay your hand upon. So I'm pursuing. I'm pursuing, I'm going after to lay a hold of the promises that God has for us. And so you can be aware of the gap. You can call the gap out. You can even pray into your gap. Please pray into your gap this year. But don't forget to press. Pray and press. Pray and press. Pray and press. You pray into your gap because God's going to do something inside of you. But the press is when God brings it out of you. So you got to pray, you got to press in your gap. And there's so many reasons why we don't press. Sometimes we don't press because, honestly, we're just distracted. There's so many things happening around us. And I love what Paul has to say later that we're going to dive into. I haven't achieved this, but I focus on this one thing. One thing. If there's one thing that we need to press into this year, it's just the love of God the love, the love of God that he has for us. But we get distracted. I get distracted all the time. Some of us, we might just be scared. Where if I press in, what's gonna happen? What am I gonna let go of? What do I have to actually step away from? Because the life of being a Christian isn't just not doing anything, but you're stepping into something that God has called you into. So maybe it's um, distraction it could be fear. Some of us, if we're honest, it just could be apathy. We just don't care. And and, and I want to say to the apathetic, I say this in such a loving way, because I've gone through some apathetic seasons myself, the biggest thing with apathy is just acknowledging it. Because so, so many times, if you go back to, the, you don't have to, but if you go back to the, um, the iceberg, we see the apathy, but underneath that, again, there's denial. There's denial, because if I... If I can keep denying it, then I can stay in apathy. But if I come into the the reality of my apathy, then I have to deal with it. Acknowledge it because God can take your apathy and turn it into blazing passion. Blazing passion for him. But you got to acknowledge it. Speaking of acknowledging, um, earlier this year, Lauren, I got some counseling. And, um, man, it was so good. But can I say that uh, counseling can be kind of scary. It's like... Do I really, do I really have to do this? I mean, am I really that bad? <laughs> I, I know I'm not perfect, baby, but like, I'm not, not that bad, right? And and we we've gone through counseling like a couple times. Sometimes because like we really needed. There was times where it's like, man, like we just want our tune up. Let's get some refreshing right now. So we're we're good with counseling. Like you should counsel others. You should get counseling. I mean, that's just like part of being a Christian. And so early this year, you know, we're we're going through a couple sessions of counseling, and honestly, I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, what's going to happen? I don't know why I was nervous, but I was. And and we're we're talking through things, and there are some things that I knew, and there are some things I didn't know you were feeling that way, right? And then there were some times where she was like, I didn't know that you felt that way. I'm like, I didn't know I felt that way either. (laughs) It was new news to me too. (laughs) And, and, And if I can just be brutally honest, it was hard. It was painful at times. Like, I am the crier in our relationship. Um, she's, she's more sensitive than I am, but I, I definitely cry more than her. So after sessions, I'm like, oh, man, that was so rough. But it was so good. It was so freeing. And, and I don't know, and, and it, it wasn't just this moment of, like, well, everything's good. Everything's great now. But there was a slow progression that as we broke through in little areas, Little became more, and more became an abundance, and our love towards one another was always great, but we soared to a whole nother level, because we dealt with the hard stuff. We had to press, we had to press, we had to press, and there's going to be some more pressing in 2018, but that's what God desires for us, to press into those hard places, and here's why I'm encouraging you with that, it's because It's one thing to press into your love with your spouse or or just even yourself. But when you press into God, something happens inside of you. Because what Paul's saying, and go back to um, verse 13, please, is that when you press into Christ to possess him, here's what tends to happen, is that you start realizing is he's already pressing after you. That's where the breakthrough happens, not because you're so so disciplined and you're so focused, you need to be focused, you need to be disciplined, but the only thing that's going to break you through is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when you just, God, I, I need you so bad right now that if, I don't, if you don't come through, I'm done. I am completely done. And so God's pursuit of you is the fuel of your pursuit of him. When you pursue Christ, like, wow, he's been pursuing me this whole time. His peace was right there. His joy, his kindness was right there. I was missing it because I wasn't pressing. I wasn't pressing. So don't, pr- it's one thing to decide to press, but it's another thing to decide how you're going to press. We're not going to press this year out of compulsion or out of being driven. We're going to press in faith. Well, I'm going to believe that God is who he says he is, and he's going to break me through. He's going to break me through. And I'm going to Experience him in a whole nother way. As we, as we, as we keep going, I got to ask all of us this question. I've asked myself this question too last night. I'm like, Lord, do this inside of me. But do you need to start pressing again in your pursuit? You just be honest with just you and the Lord right now. Just in your own heart, just let the Lord minister you today. Is, do I need to start pressing in my pursuit? Because when you say yes, man, you start seeing everywhere that he's been pursuing you this whole time. It's not this, I need to go back to something that I missed. But no, God's bringing me into something new because I said yes. Do I need to start pressing again in the pursuit? What does this look like? How do we we move forward? Paul tells us, okay, so you need to press into your pursuit when you see the gap. Your gap is more than just how far you are, but an opportunity for you to know Christ. So you got to press into that. So how do I press into that with faith? We see this in verse uh, 13. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. He's making this clear. I haven't got this down. Neither have you. But this is how we how we're gonna pursue Christ. But here's the one thing that I focus on, the one thing. Can I just say I love what Pastor Craig Groeschel says from Life Church that the barrier to a meaningful life isn't um, under commitment, but over commitment. Yeah. That if you want to live a meaningful life, a lot of times there's so many things happening, we have to say no to some things, so we can say yes to the right things. The right things. And that's not popular. We're told we can do anything whenever we want and to get everything. You can, but a lot of times when we try to get everything, we don't get anything. Paul's saying I'm going to focus on one thing. We're going to forget the past and we're going to look forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ is calling us. Again, I'm not a mathematician, but can we go back to verse, uh, the last verse, verse 13? I don't know about you, but one thing, forget, look forward, press. That's three things right there. Paul, were you tired when you were writing this letter? <laughs> he could have been tired, but I don't, th- I don't think so. I think what he's saying is that if you're going to get this one thing, you got going to have all three. If you try to look forward, but you don't forget the past, good luck. But if you try to forget the past, but you don't reach towards the future to what God has for you, good luck. Is that these three things have to work together. So how do we forget the past? That's hard. So hard. And I would say out of all these is probably what's getting most of us right now. How do we forget the past? You know know a quote I just, I don't like at all, is, uh, You need to forgive and forget. How do you do that? Like, do I get, like, a little inception in my mind? I just, like, take a whole new memory? Like, how does that work out? It's a little discouraging. Because if you're really trying to forget, but it keeps coming back up, it's just so frustrating. You know, in the 80s, Roger uh, Bannister, he was the first person in the 80s to break under a four-minute mile. Four minute mile. Isn't that incredible? It should be incredible. Anyone here running a four-minute mile? I mean, I'd be happy with a seven-minute mile. Just um, this coming. <laughs> Some of you are like, 20, I only need a 20 minute mile. And so <laughs> Roger Bannister, he ran the first mile under four minutes. 46 days later, John Landy, he broke, <laughs> he broke that his um, Roger Bannister's uh, record by a second. So frustrated if I was Roger. A second? How do you even count that? That can't be accurate. And so I think it was like a couple months after that, they're going to the Olympics. And this is what's called the miracle mile. The miracle mile. The two greatest runners coming against one another. So they're on the last lap. John Landy, he's killing it. He's like, he's ready to go. But then he has that moment where he looks over his left shoulder to see where his opponent is. What happens? Roger passes him. In just a second, he wins the race. You go back into the commentary of this, I'm like, I'm all over Wikipedia last time. This is so, this is so good. And so Roger's saying um, that, you know, breaking the, the record the first time, that was an incredible honor. But my favorite accomplishment was when I beat John Landy in that moment. All it took, John was ahead. He was ready to go. But he just took a second to look behind what's happened behind me, and he missed it. He missed it. And he broke records. They both did. They're incredible. But that moment, he can never get back again. And so often, God wants us to go forward and run the race that he has for us, but we keep looking back, and we're missing moments, we're missing moments, and there's grace. God has such a GPS that even if you make this turn, this detour, he'll always get you back on track. But there is a thing where there's some things where we just can't get back because we've missed those moments. God can restore. God can redeem. Don't hear me saying that God can't redeem. But there are moments that we just can't get back. So how do we not miss those moments? That word forget, it's better translated as to disregard. It's not not that important anymore. It was important to me. It was something. But I'm running the race that God has for me. I'm going gonna, gonna to choose to disregard it. How are we going to forget our past? It's not about removing a memory, but allowing God to remove the power from that memory. So when you're pressing in to God and you're pressing your pursuit of him, there's something that's just weighing you down. You just give it to him. You give it to him. And you let Jesus interpret it through his eyes and not your eyes. Because almost every single time, God's going to have a different interpretation than you did. Because God's going to interpret it through his eyes, through the cross, through the resurrection, and you're going to be okay. God's going to give you freedom in that area. I, I mentioned earlier, um, this is, this is a great last week, just so grateful um, to our pastors. They gave myself my wi- a wife uh, a week off to just decompress, get vision for this next year. So uh, a couple nights ago, just really praying and reflecting on 2017. And. Man, there's, there's, there's some tears. Man. Didn't expect that. <laughs> and I should have. I, actually, I cry a lot, so I should expect that. Sorry. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm looking back, and I'm like, gosh, like, we, we went through so many things with Lauren's health. <laughs> Lost our baby. There was, there was some dreams in me. That I wanted to see happen, that just kind of happened, that kind of didn't, and just it just it, I felt pain inside of me for that. But I said, God, I'm not gonna live in this pain. I'm not gonna live in this disappointment. And it just this sounds so mystical. I'm not trying to. That, this doesn't happen to me. Every, it's over. But I'm praying. I just felt like God just closed the door, said it's over, it's done. You can and forget the past. I'm not going to forget what happened to me last, last year. But I'm going to disregard the power that it had on me. And I'm going to move forward to what Christ has for me. And so I can, we can disregard the power. But God's going to take that memory and he's going to minister to someone else through that. Because there's a testimony in that for somebody else. So we got to disregard the past. we got to remove the power that has for it. Paul's saying it's not just about forgetting the past, but it's about moving towards the future, looking forward. That word looking forward, looking, it's better, translation, it's better translated reaching. God wants us to reach towards what he has for us. That's so vital because you're not going to receive what you're not reaching for. And if we're still stuck in the past, we're going to be hanging on, and God's going to have that new word for a new season. And it's like, I'm not receiving anything. And you're like, is this not my season? No. But your hands are on free for that new word, for a new season. So there's a story in the Gospels where this lady's been bleeding for 12 years. Talk about discouragement, disappointment, pain. And... She sees Jesus walking the scene. And she said to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I'll be healed. So she's pushing. She's she's pressing through the crowd. Pressing and pressing and pressing. I don't care who's in my way. I don't care what I have to get through. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. But I'm going to press into Christ. Because if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. And here's the most miraculous thing. It's not even just for physical healing. Because the blood was done. And Jesus is like, who touched me? Power came out. But who touched me? They're talking. And the lady's like, it's me, it's me. And she's afraid because in those times, if you were to touch blood, you'd be unholy. You couldn't be in the temple. And God's saying, woman, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. That could have been, that was far better than what God did in her physical healing. We celebrate that. We acknowledge that. But that peace that God gave to her, that peace, that word of peace for a new season, no one can take away from her. God has a fresh word for you today. I feel like He's speaking it to so many of us right now. And the word that God gave me for 2018 is, and I was here on Thursday morning for our prayer time and I wasn't even praying for a word. I was believing and praying with our group of people here. God, God, do great things in our church for 2018. Double our space, double our stories. Do a great thing in here, God. And God just came to me. Wholeness. He's like, Chris, I want to bring wholeness to your life this year where there's been compartments, where there's been separation. I want to bring it all together as one. It's going to be the word I press into. And I'm going to be tempted to forget it. I'm going to be tempted to distract it. I'm going to put it before me. I'm going to pray into it. But what's the word that God has for you this year? It could be peace. Where you've been like a, a, a wave in the ocean, blown by every wind. Sometimes you're good. Sometimes you're off. Sometimes you're bad. There hasn't been a peace that God, you feel like that you've received from God. It could be peace. For some of us, it could be joy. It could be self control. Maybe for your word, it could even be perseverance. But whatever it is, God's speaking that to you today. And don't don't complicate it. I don't know what God's speaking to me. It's inside of you, it's inside of you. Believe it, receive it, and start pressing into it. We don't have to live in disappointment of this last year, of this last decade. But we can press in to the destiny that God has for us. Because Ephesians 2a tells us that we're not saved by works. We're saved by faith, by grace, through faith. It's a gift of God. But verse 10 tells us that we've been prepared by God to walk in the good works that he's prepared for us. He got some good works for you to do this year. You have a whole Ahead of you that God wants to do great things, so let's press into that word.